0: Thank you, team. Let's, uh, let's invite God uh, to open us up to what his word has to say to us this morning. Let's pray uh, together. Loving God, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done on the cross. That in you coming and you uh, dying for us and raising to life, that you cover us with your mercy and grace, our sins are forgiven and we are so incredibly thankful. And so Lord, as we come to your word, we want to get, uh, enter into that with uh, thanks and praise, enter into the Lord wanting to hear your voice and hear what you have to say for us. So Lord, as we come and explore this morning, may your love and grace fill us again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, over the the last four weeks, we've been looking at the A, B, C, and D of discipleship. That's why the letters are on the wall. It is a a desire that I've had for quite some time, and we do this every year because of this desire, because if we don't get discipleship right, we'll never enter into the things of God that God has for us. If we don't uh, hear what God has us to say, live the way that God wants us to live... Uh, then we're going to struggle as a church and as individuals to get into the groove of what God wants us to do. And so that's why I put it front and center every year to focus our year to say that assuming that God uh, wants to use us is important, that in our everyday life we just have an assumption that God uh, wants to work through us. That in the ups and downs in life, and we all suffer them, to believe that God is bigger, that God has got us, that God is not going to let us down, that God is going to make a way forward for us, keeps us on the straight and narrow, and keeps us focused on the fact that He is God and we're not. That C, cultivating intimacy with God is that we don't have a religion where we just follow rules of do's and don'ts. We're not about moralism. What we're about is relationship, that God sent Jesus so that we could be in a relationship with him, so that you and I could speak to him and, and, uh, and be in a relationship that, that goes back and forward. Uh, and that we can continue to cultivate that and make that deeper and deeper like a good friendship or a good marriage. And today we're going to be talking about developing uh, others around you, and this is here basically because we are designed to be people who need to grow and to need each other. When I was reflecting on what what I could use as an analogy of this, I I automatically go back to raising my kids. Because when you have a baby, you don't feed it for a year, milk and a little bit of solids, and say, you know what, kid, you've got this. You you can just do the rest of it on your own. You know, just change your own nappy, you'll be fine. That's going to work out well. Um, You know, get your own meals. We, We don't do that. In fact, we don't do that even after five years. We don't do that after ten years. Well, hopefully they're out of nappies by then, but, but not always. We don't raise children and, and we, don't, um, we don't release them until uh, they are of an age and an ability to do it on their own. There's a maturing that we want to have and so when Kelly and I had our two beautiful children, we were particularly focused on wanting to make sure that they they grew up loving God, grew up wanting to serve God and serve the community and grew up as self-sufficient young adults. Now we had our ups and downs on that journey. It was not a smooth sailing and every parent in the room should say amen right now. It's never A a smooth sailing. If you think that parenting is easy, God bless you. (laughs) There was a whole thing I was going to go down and I just stopped myself. The Spirit of God is gracious to me from time to time. And so um, what we need to do, of course, is we need to teach them, we need to invest in them, we need to correct them, we need to encourage them, and we need to develop them. No child becomes good without correction. If we think that we come into this world good and we stay good, then you haven't had a kid. Because they learn to manipulate from a very young age. They want to tell you exactly when they do and don't want to do things, even when it's not good for them. And we need as parents to go, you know what, that's not good for you, I'm going to teach you a different way. Whether you like it or not. We develop them, we we teach them how to read, we teach them how to ride bikes, we teach them how to interact with other people. We teach them and we we develop them, We, we find out what their passions are and we encourage them in their passions. We want the very best for them because we know that the age of 18 is coming up very, very soon And that is when they're going to be legally responsible for their own actions and we want them to be the very best that they can be by that time. And some of them make it and some of them don't. But if we're good parents, then we want to develop them, we want to challenge them, we want to encourage them, we want to teach them. And so my point for us this morning... Is if that is so true as being a parent, why do we think it is not true when it comes to discipling others within the life of the church? Why do we think that people can come to faith and we can feed them for a year maybe with a little bit of milk and a little bit of solids and then we can say, you know what? You're all good. Off you go, you'll be fine. Don't worry about the world being a place that will destroy you if you blink. Just go out and run on the road, you're fine. Why do we think that people within the life of the church don't need the same development and encouragement, correction and teaching that we give to children to make them into mature adults, that we don't do it for church to make them into mature Christians? Because you've had, and people have, had people in your life... that helped you reach the potential that you're in today someone in your life whether it's a parent a grandparent a significant other a teacher has looked at you and said you know what you've got something in you that can make a difference in this world or you've got something that I think we need to bring out that we need to develop we need to teach and if you haven't had that person yet I want to say pray for them because God wants you to have them But most of us have had that that person who will help us reach to the potential, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's at school, whether it's in family, who deliberately and intentionally invest in us to be the best, to help us be the best that we can be. I can name two people in my life, straight off the bat, who I now look back on and said, you know what, they intentionally, sacrificially and deliberately invested in me. And when I was a crazy uh, young adult who would just be so forthright that I'd burn bridges left, right and centre, would come up to me and go, Barry, I see something in you and and let's, let's go do something together. Who helped me to see that there is more to me than what I could see in myself. And in the church, we are no different. We need people to encourage us to see that there is more in us than what we can see in ourselves. Because if we're all very honest and true, when we look at ourselves, we're our worst judge. We're our worst critic. We struggle to see the positives in us because we are so geared to seeing the negatives. And we need the body of Christ, we need uh, the Holy Spirit and we need our... Our brothers and sisters to get alongside of us and say, "You don't see what I see. I see more in you than what you see in yourself." And Jesus does this. Jesus uh, did it sacrificially, uh, for three people. Peter, James and John. He did it intentionally with 12 people, the disciples. He did it deliberately with the 72 people who he invested in. He modelled the way to live with them. He went and and ate with people that the society said that they shouldn't eat with. He went and fellowship with people. He modelled that the kingdom was a different way of living. He showed them that the power of God was real by, by healing people and casting out evil spirits out of people. He sat uh, in many situations and he taught them the kingdom values in the kingdom way. He encouraged his disciples to take responsibility. He, you know, the, the disciples came up to him and said, there's all these people and, not, and, and we, need, we need to send them away because they need some food. And he goes, you feed them. Take responsibility, step up. And lastly, he develops them he sends them out on mission trips. He sends them out to heal people in, uh, with his authority and to cast out demons in his authority and to bring the kingdom of God in his authority. He modelled, he showed, he teaches, he encourages and he develops. And Christ has given us this body of believers to build each other up and to encourage it. And I think I encourage each other and I think Paul outlines it quite well in Ephesians 4. And this is what we're going to read. Uh, This is 4.11-16. It says, So Christ himself gave apostles. Now, apostles is a weird word, but apostles is basically an initiator for the kingdom of God, someone who breaks new ground. Okay, And so there's the 12 apostles who were the 12 disciples. They were the ones who broke new ground who brought the kingdom into places where it hadn't been before Uh, there are the prophets those who hear the word of God and can speak it out about what God wants in different situations the evangelists those who go out and share the good news uh, uh, to those around them there are pastors those who care for those who are who are sick and who uh, need help and teachers who teach To equip his people, apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, or to equip his people for the works of service. Not that they do it all, but that they equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Just underline that, may be built up. He wants the body of Christ to be built up. goes on until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to be grown up spiritual beings, grown up, mature, ready to take on the world in our own right, ready to go out into the world with our faith in God and make a difference to it. And, we, and then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their uh, deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is the Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together in every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love, as each body, uh, sorry, as each part does its work. So here we have Paul saying that I've given you some leaders, and we recognised our leaders this morning, giving you some leaders in some some areas, so that the whole church may be built up and encouraged, built up and encouraged for what purpose? So that they may be mature, so they may become 18 years old, so that they can go out into the world and make a difference. Not blown around this way and that way, not left out in the cold, not blown around by different kinds of teaching, but know who God is and whom they are in God and that they can become mature. And when they become mature, it says they reach unity. when we become mature people of faith, that's when we will get along with each other. Maybe it's a word for your family. I don't know why I'm saying this right now. Maybe it's a word for your family. When you reach maturity, when you all decide to put God first, that is when you will reach unity in your household. And so Paul suggests that there are five ministries that can help us reach this maturity. The apostles, the ones who lead us into new places. The prophets, the one who help us to hear God's voice and what God wants. The evangelists that push us to look outwards all the time. The pastors who push us to care all the time. The teachers that push us to grow all the time. When we have these things at work within the life of the church, then we can grow up into the maturity that God wants us to do. And if we're going to go and see, uh, going to see what God wants to do in this place, if we're going to see God do everything he wants to do in this place, each of us need to get on board in developing others around us, building up those around us. Are we going to get it wrong? Yes, we are. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes, we will. Are we sometimes going to hurt people with good intent, unfortunately we probably will. But it should not stop us from the desire of wanting to see our brothers and sisters grow into the maturity they have. And we need people who who force us to look out, particularly those who want to look in. And we need people to help us look in when those people want to force us to look out. We need people who want to push us into new grounds, that want to care for those who are broken and hurting who want to teach us how to grow, who want to hear the voice of God and make sure that we're following it. Each of us has a part to play to develop disciples around us. Each of us has a part to play. And we can't just assume that us being good Christian people is somehow going to infect those around us into becoming good disciples. Jesus did it sacrificially, intentionally, and deliberately. And I think Paul is outlining these gifts because he says it needs to be intentional, it needs to be sacrificial, and it needs to be deliberate. Just as when you're a parent, if you've been one yet, or you've you've had parents, all of you, uh, see that the best parents are the ones who invest sacrificially, intentionally, and deliberately. Because and, I believe that God has a significant future for this church. I think God wants to do amazing things amongst us. But he's not going to bring people into this church, he's not going to see people come to faith on a regular basis in this church if we're going to leave them out in the cold if we're just going to give them a little bit of milk and push them along and say, thank you very much, it's great that you'd be here. It's only when we as a church make the deliberate, intentional and sacrificial decisions to say every person in this congregation is important, that we're going to develop them and invest in them, do I believe that God's really going to bless us with the people that he wants to bless us with? Because I've got a, a vision of what God wants to do and, and we've worked this through as an elders. and here's a snippet of it. We see a church where people come to faith every week. That's right, every single week. People realise his love and his grace every single week. We believe in a place where healing will become from a place where God will bring his healing and His grace to people's lives, both physically, spiritually and emotionally. We believe in a place where people will come and worship God with their whole heart in spirit and in truth, that will become abandoned before God and say, "God, here I am, I surrender to you." That we become a church that is known for its generosity and its hospitality. A church that di- uh, disciples new leaders and people and develops new churches. It's kind of the church that we believe. We, we believe that God is pointing us towards as we invite people in, as we grow lives, as we sh- shine Christ. This is what we believe want, God wants to do. And that's why I think the A, B, C, and Ds are so important to assume that God wants to use you, to believe that God is bigger, to cultivate intimacy with God, to develop others around you. Because discipleship matters. How you live your faith in your own life and those around you matters. How you build people up in this church, how you encourage them, how you minister to them matters. And so, church, I need your help because although the elders are amazing and the staff are fantastic, it's all of our job. Even though the elders are wise and the staff are gifted, it's all of our job. We need your help to go to new places. We need your help to hear God's plan and God's voice We need your help to look out into new ministries. And although Alicia's ministry was fantastic and we celebrated that this morning and it's great and it's wonderful, may that not be the only one. We need your help to care for each other and your help to grow each other. So what I want to do this morning is I want to ask you to do a couple of things. First of all, I want to ask you to pick someone. Ask God, pray to God to show you someone that you can sow into their life sacrificially. I want you to pray and ask God to show you someone that you can sow into their life sacrificially. That means that you deplete something of yourself to give them something. Find one person within the life of this congregation. Pray to God and invest in them sacrificially. Probably ask them if it's okay first, but, you know, invest sacrificially into someone. I want you to find a small group of people that you can invest in intentionally. And I want you to... um, be a part of this church slow, that sows into the fabric of the life of our church deliberately. I want you to find one person. I want you to find a small group and I want you to be builders of this congregation. Find one person sacrificially. Find a small group intentionally and sow into the life of this church deliberately because we need you. We are the body of Christ. We are meant to do it together. Because God has given us a fantastic message and life. God calls us to say, I have died for you. So that I can bring you back into relationship with God. And it's going to take us to die to self to bring others back into a relationship with God. Think of someone that you can be involved with sacrificially, a group that you can do intentionally, and how you can deliberately slow into the life of this church. And as we do, we'll build each other up, we'll encourage each other to look out, to go new places, to share the faith, to hear God's voice to care for people and to grow people's lives. I think there is no greater calling that we can do as a church. Will you stand with me? Loving God before these people here. Lord, for those who are yet to experience your love and grace, I pray, Lord, just reveal how much you love them right now. And for those of us who have been a part of this community for a while now, Lord, whether we feel like we're equipped or not, Lord, help us to sow into people's lives, to encourage people into their giftings, to motivate people, Lord. And may we see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.